Today we're talking all things property and especially for, for people who are first-time property buyers. Uh, and, and as many uh, listeners will know that this is not my uh, area of expertise. So I'm really thrilled to introduce you to Molotela Ladywa Property, uh, who, who is a specialist in, in, in teaching uh, first-time home buyers about, uh, about all things pro- property. So Molotela, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Warren. I I, I am so excited about our chat. So, uh, so it's 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 always a, a, a kind of a huge decision for 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 any person, you know, lo- looking at the at, at buying their, their first property. And I think it, it often can be a very rewarding decision, both from a lifestyle point of view and a financial uh, a point of view. But but it can there can be kind of big mistakes that people can make when they when they buy their, their first property. So I'm I'm really keen that we we kind of explore this, and I appreciate your time coming on. Thanks so much. Thank you. So. <laughs> So, so let's kick off. I think uh, you, you know if we if we start this, it's 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 a it's a journey that that, that a lot of people will go on over their lifetimes, uh, and and I think it's uh, you know as I said, the, 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 it, it can be really rewarding. But what would you what would you want uh, kind of a first time home buyer to think about before they go on the property buying decision? I think most what I always preach, um, Warren, is for us to understand our financial health. Uh, most people go on and hunt and look for a property and try and squeeze in the budget instead of sitting back at first and understanding that their budget allows for them to actually buy the house. And when you do actually start the process, I always try and advocate for people to understand that this is not your last home that you're buying, that it doesn't mean that you have to die in the house. So that opens up their mindset to understand that there's opportunities in the sector as well so that they do not live a life of buying too heavy, what they don't need, buying bigger, buying luxurious. There is no need for us to do that anymore. We need to understand that our lives change and we can actually um, buy our houses according to our lifestyles, right? Right. And I think greater than that, what I preach is understand the process, understand what is going on when you're buying the house, when you're looking at the house, when the documents come through, you offer to purchase, understand each step and what it means for you financially, what are the risks involved in signing all those things or going to view those houses and how you can actually approach your the process of, of viewing your houses, of, of signing off its purchases and anything that is associated with it because it's a big buy. Um, one thing that I always try and highlight to people is you need to understand that sometimes we don't think about it, but you are going into business with someone because you are giving off a fraction of your time, your value, your money to buy this big asset. And it normally takes like, almost 30, 30, 25 to 30% of your income. So if you look at that, if you look, if you view it in that manner, then it changes the way in which you approach the process. Okay. I think, I think you've got some, uh, you've, you've got some amazing points that you've made there that we should maybe expand on a little bit. So, so for me, the first big, uh, big point there and, 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 and huge, you know, actually the, probably almost the most important point is before you start on this exercise, you need to do your numbers. You need to do your budgets and, and do your number crunching for yourself to say, mm. uh, it, w- what can I actually afford to spend on a property? And, and, and don't get excited about, about a specific property. You need to get, firstly, you need to get comfortable 
and certain about how much uh, uh, you, you can afford to spend on a property and be careful there that you don't ignore things like uh, rates or levies or insurances and all of those things. There, there's a lot to, to buying a house. Uh, it's not just the, the monthly uh, bond repayment. So, so before you go out and, and start shopping and fall in love with a property, you need to say, uh, what is it on a monthly basis that I can can actually afford to to spend on a property with all of the costs that come with the property? And then once you've got comfort with those numbers, then you can actually maybe start to look around and do do some Google searches and and some drives drives on a Sunday to go and see what's out there. But don't start that process the wrong way around. Don't fall in love with the property and then say, "Gee, can I afford this?" I, I think that's a powerful point that you've made there. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, Warren, in property, um, I always try and, 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 and tone it back home um, because I've learned these things in my journey of, of, of or my aspirations of being a property investor, right? It's called the due diligence. It's a very interesting concept. But when I bought my primary home, I didn't know about those things. And later on, I'm like, whoa, what is happening? It's, it's looking at your finances, right? It's, that includes your levies if you're buying in a sectional. That includes the maintenance, the insurance. That includes so many things besides the actual cost that you're giving through at the bank, right? Um, if you're willing to take a life cover, because most people, it's weird. Most people actually don't have a life cover up until they have to buy a home, right? Or if you want to take the insurance that's offered by the bank. It's looking at the structure, Right. Um, not only are you looking at the cracks if the roofing is sound, um, but you're looking even at the governing body of it. Um, are they taking care of the of the of their houses? Is it really worth what they are saying I should pay for it? Right? It doesn't necessarily mean that if the neighborhood is saying that, for instance, it's one million, it's been trending around one million to one point two million in that area, then automatically the house is worth one point two million. I learned the hard way. I thought, okay. If the houses on the street have been selling around that, then this is a fair price. But actually, that is far from the truth. We need to understand if everything is still in sound order. It's the after costs of it, right? Um, being a tenant is lovely. It, it takes an SMS to, to call your landlord and go like, listen, pipelines are leaking, help me quickly. But when you become the homeowner, everything changes. You need I mean, an emergency fund for your bond, for your house, um, in cases whereby you have a leaking tap or your finances go haywire, right? Um, then obviously there's the legal implications thereof. Um, you, when you buy a house, it actually has to be transferred into your name. And the bank actually has to take it over and say that you are worthy to do business for them. Um, then your lifestyle also factors in and, and, and where you're staying. I mean, um, things are changing in the property market. Um, things that added value. Um, are actually, <laughs> I can say we are adding onto those list of things. People value having fiber in the area. Uh, people value having a yard because um, of population and density issues. Um, the market is changing. Um, we don't have that luxury anymore. People value square meters. Some people value have water harvesting technologies. Some people value even solar because in South Africa, we know that we have issues with our supply of electricity. So it's such factors that you have to think about. And then when you actually cascade them down, you might not have everything, but you would have done your due diligence to say that, listen, because of these factors, this is the price that I, I think that we can actually negotiate. 
And that way you and the, and, and the current owner of the property, you are comfortable with the negotiation processes. You both understand how that price came by. Uh, because I always try and emphasize that negotiation doesn't necessarily mean that one party leaves off with a happy smile. I, I, I advocate that um, negotiation processes involves both the buyer and seller leaving feeling that they have gotten the best value for the property. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a key point there. You, you know, you, you shouldn't just take everything at face value in terms of what the agent tells you or what the website tells you. You, you mm. need to do your homework. You need to do your due diligence. And, and then, uh, you know, uh, and understanding value is, is a key thing it, with any investment. You know, it, it, there, there, there could be a price, but the price might not be good value. It might be great mm. value. You don't, you don't know mm. until you've done the homework. And, and I think a lot of people, uh, you, you know, we kind of fall in love with, with, with our, our purchases. So we fall in love with the car we want to buy, or we fall in love with the share, or in this instance, we fall in love with the property. Uh, mm. And unfortunately, that emotion overrides the logic. And the logic is, uh, is this a sound financial decision? Am I getting yeah. good value for my purchase? And I think uh, you're right. A, a, a lot of people uh, d- don't do that. I think you, you made a really powerful point as well that people forget, which is if you're going to buy in a in a homeowners association or in a body corporate, in other words, most apartments are, are in a body corporate, you, you need to find out the financials of that body corporate. A, a lot of the time, Someone will buy a property and they'll say, well, I, I bought my flat. You know, my flat looks great. It's, it's well-maintained inside. Uh, you know, the paint on the outside of the whole place looks okay, but it's not my problem because that's the body corporate's issue. Uh, and then all of a sudden, three months after buying the property, they get a horrible little notice from the managing agent to say, mm-hmm. oh, by the way, we're, we've now got special levies because we need to budget for painting uh, and mm-hmm. the place hasn't been painted for a decade and your rates or your levies are now not a, a 2,000 rand a month, they're going to be 4,000 rand a month. And there's no way around that. If the body corporate's decided and everyone's voted, uh, you're going to have to pay. Otherwise, you've got financial trouble. It's a mess. Um, it's a mess, um, I must admit. Um, I think your point really touches on the importance of what I previously mentioned, that this is 30% of almost your income, right? Um, if this is 30%, then perhaps we should um, change our culture of only trying to put aside funds um, that are for the registration of the property and and shift to the bet, right? Um, I always say that the financials really, they're structured in, in such a way that the current owners should understand what is going on in their finances, right? Um, you don't always have to go to an auditor or a, a, a CA or a person in the financial sector that understands numbers much better. I always say the simplest manner, you can actually go to a managing agent and say, listen, I am interested in buying from this uh, sectional title. Can you explain to me? Can you give me a graphical representation of what is happening in this complex, right? Because as much as they give statements or the financial statements of the place in numbers, some managing agents actually put it into a pie chart, you know, a pie chart that can actually well display of the percentage of owners, how many are paying and how many of them are actually not paying and, and, and how many of those actually have <laughs> paid, but perhaps short a month or two, you know? Um, the other thing I always say is um, don't try and be the jack of all trades because when you're buying a property, right, there's a need for a person that can help you with the finances, right? Because you don't want to be paying for things that you have not budgeted for because you need special 
because special ladies come into play and the house is falling apart. And if you don't pay them at the end of the day, you also in a position that you're uncomfortable at your home, right? And then you also have an opportunity to actually ask the managing agent, which is a beautiful report, as you can ask the managing agent to give you evaluation reports, right? Because sectional titles actually, they should be um, evaluated and you would need to actually, I think it's every two years, I stand corrected on that, Warren, I stand corrected. But every two years, you need to come and have a property evaluator that comes through and actually uh, looks at the valuation, how much the property is actually worth, right? So you can actually ask for them and say, can I see these? So I can see the valuation reports from the municipality, which normally they are slightly lower because they are, I think they go at every three years um, and then you can see the market valuation. Then you can see a valuation from a, pop, a property, a professional property valuation, so that you can actually see the linkage in between, right? So that's another way actually to check out the numbers, right? And then um, in that way, if there's a huge gap between the valuation report and what it is selling for, then that's another that's another guide that opens up your eye. Then you start wondering. What is happening here? Is it because of maintenance? What is really something is not in sync? So that's another way to actually check it out. Another way that most people don't consider is actually having a property inspector on site, right? Their report is rather comprehensive. Um, it gives you a great detail into the health of, of the building itself. So there are so many factors that you can look in and try and actually relate to each other if the numbers add up. Um, and the other thing that you should do with the HUA, they should have a maintenance plan. Um, most let, of the let, maintenance let, plans... Let, let, let's just explain that to you. The, the HUA? The Homeowners Association. Ah, okay. um, yeah, when you. you're within a um, sectional title. Yeah. That's, that's the HUA. So with the HUA, they should have a three to five year maintenance plan, right? Um, so what you can do, if, if that's, that's another way, I'm just sharing different ways in which you can share, you can actually look into the health of the home that you're buying. So within this maintenance plan, it should tell you what their plans are. It should have a relative cost of whatever plans it is and when or when it will be or it was implemented. So you can check if those plans have been implemented or if they have the budget for it. If, if they're saying they're going to be fixing the roof in the next coming three years, then do their levies inform that, you know? So there's different ways. And if, if they're saying yes, then you can, actually, can, can, you can actually spy into their trust account and see how far are they with those savings? So there's different ways of looking into a property and the health of it. And that really helps to identify if it's a good buy, if it's, it's, it's the risk you're willing to take, or if it's just a completely a bad buy. Yeah, and I think that's a you know that's an important point that uh, you know that you that, that if the if the homeowners or the body corporate are are, are in bad state um, and and they haven't got a budget set aside and capital set aside for maintenance, uh, they, they are going to make their bad planning your problem if you're a buyer. There. So stay stay away. I, I want to touch back on. Uh, I think it's an interesting point that I haven't really thought about before. You, you mentioned. Uh, property inspector. So let's just expand on that a bit. Who who pays for a property inspector? Where do I find such a person? You know, what, what are they going to charge me? Okay, so awesome. A property inspector literally 
what I normally teach, right, to those who actually um, um, I am graced with uh, to teach is a property inspector is the person that comes in the process of after signing your OTP. Remember, this is how the process would go. You're interested in a house, and normally with home buyers, they're not looking to flip, right? They're looking for a glamorous home, right? Or it could be from a development either way, right? And you view this house on property 24, private property, or whichever source, right? And you actually set up an appointment to go view the house. Um, as from the eyes of um, a home buyer, right, and a an, an aspiring home buyer, what you would normally look is if knobs are opening, if the kitchen is nice, if if, if you're not seeing any cracks, um, you know, um, if, if you look at the tiny things, if the bathroom is flushing and you feel like, wow, that is enough for me to actually go like, yes, I love this house, right? But a property inspector is a person that is really, it's, it's, they are filled. They are interested in knowing what is happening with the actual structure. They would go on and actually assess things such as pipelines. It's, it's, it's amazing what they do. I really don't know what they do, how they do it, but it's amazing what they do. They would look at things as such as the building integrity. They would actually get on top of the roof. It's literally as though they are rebuilding the house again. I always, I always try and, and, and portray it that way to people, that when a property inspector comes, they start off from the outside. Because when we go and view properties, we just want to see from the door right? If the door is working, if I like it from outside, it looks great. But a property inspector would also look at the drainage systems, the, the stormwater uh, systems in that area. They would tell you what to expect in terms of flooding. It's a very interesting concept, you know. Um, so how, how do we find them? How do we find them? Um, one person that I use, uh, Marisha from Houting Property Inspectors. I met her through my journey in property investing. And I think um, it's one of the, I guess, one of the benefits that I got to learn in the process. I think a, a simple Google can help if um, she's not in your area, but I know she works throughout the whole of entire of South Africa. And having had referred her and worked with her, I know her ethics um, and she's a great person to work with. I can't really uh, speak for other property inspectors because I have not used them, but I think a simple Google search can help you. And mm -hmm. one of the ways you can validate them is actually to go through and look at the comments that people would, would, would use, you know, using simple tools such as Twitter, using simple tools such as Facebook, just searching a person's name. It's amazing what the social uh, media space has done. can give you an outlook of what people think of their work. Okay, and and I'm assuming uh, th that if I'm the buyer, a potential buyer, and I've signed my offer to purchase, and I bring this person in, I'm I'm paying that person. I'm not going to ask the seller to pay. It's my cost. Exactly. Um. Remember, the reason you're calling a property inspector. So here's the thing. Let's let's go back a bit. I love I loved what you just said. Before signing, after signing your offer to purchase. So the beauty about it is, if you understand the offer to purchase process is that you would include it in your offer to purchase that this offer price is subject to the findings from the property inspector. Um, as soon as you get their report, then you discover different things, right? And then it gives you the opportunity to negotiate. And if you don't find things that are concerning, 
it gives you a peace of mind, right? To say that, okay, I'm buying a good property. So this is for your benefit as a buyer. Then to be buying a house and a few months later, you're discovering something that you could have identified that is costing you far more, triple or 10 times what she could have costed you. So this is normally paid by the buyer. Okay. So, so I think we've, uh, we've, we've actually used up all our time and we've probably got to <laughs> half the things we wanted to talk about. So, uh, so my, yeah. my favorite question for, for, uh, for, for our guests uh, is, is always, if you had to meet your 21-year-old self today, uh, mm. with all the experience that you've now had, what, what would mm. be the one thing you would want to tell your 21-year-old self, the one lesson you would like to teach them? Um, the one lesson is association is the greatest tool that you could ever have um, that networks that people are the answers to so many things. Um, I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's literally understanding that I have capacity. Yeah. I think so many times um, we, we experience self-doubt. I still have it, but not at the same intensity that I had when I was a 21-year-old. I think it's understanding that I have capacity and I have the power to steer my life in the direction that I yearn for, that the world belongs to all of us in as much as we might have challenges and barriers, but we all have space. Yeah, I think that's the one lesson I would, I would actually preach to my 21-year-old self. It's very powerful. Thank, thank you very much. Molotello, Lady Wa Property, thank you so much for joining us. I think that was uh, a powerful uh, kind of download of information, and, and I, I hope our listeners derive great value. It was a, a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you, Aaron, for writing a book for us, and thank you so much for having me. I, really, I always say when people choose you, that is a privilege, and, and thank you for having me. It was a great pleasure. Thank you so much. Okay, so have a great day. Thank you for listening to Honest Money. If you have any questions, you're welcome to reach out to me on Twitter. My handle is at Warren Ingram. Don't forget to subscribe. We're on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Chat soon.